1: just go to Cars.com. It's magical.
0: On this week's Patriot Nation podcast, we have a big week of news. Rob Gronkowski retires from the Patriots after nine seasons. The Greg Sciano era is over before it begins. And Gerard Mayo gets hired as a coach for the Patriots as well. Spag's out this week, but I do have a fun interview with Rich Keefe that you don't want to miss. Buckle up and cue the music.
1: Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. It. Wilson, quick throw, and it's gone. Intercepted! Intercepted! It's the
0: We're going to get right into the Keith interview, but the interview was Wednesday night, just so you guys are aware. Timestamp it there for you, uh, and the reason why I'll do that is because Shiano obviously uh, left the Patriots, but didn't do it until Thursday, so we didn't know that news uh, when we did our interview. It's an interesting, uh, it's it's really interesting decision by I, in, and In my opinion, I could be totally off base here, but to me, it seems like there's something else going on, whether it's some sort of scandal or whether it's some... Some sort of issues going on because you know this was all good, everything was good. Belichick was talking about Shiano on Coach K's po- uh, podcast. They just hired Bob Frazier who you know was a Shiano guy, and so you know it's been like Shiano has been the guy for a while, and all of a sudden he's just gone. And so something had to have happened. Uh Now it could have been with involving the Patriots. It could have been involving something else. Who knows. Um, and whether that information will ever come out, I don't know. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what the Patriots do from here. Uh, a lot of people saying that Belichick is probably going to take over as the DC, which I think makes sense. I really thought Josh Boy was next in line. I don't know why they didn't offer him the job. Uh, you know, when Flores was leaving, uh, it didn't make any sense to me. Uh, you know, he ended up going with Flores, and he's the D backs coach down in Miami. So uh, it's strange to me that. They wouldn't have tried to keep him on as defensive coordinator. I didn't like the move with Chiano uh, when they made it. I, I I really didn't like it at all. And, uh, you know, people kind of went at me on Twitter for that because they were like, oh, you know, this is great. And, he, you know, he's a Belichick disciple and all this other stuff. But I just I didn't get it. I didn't understand. Belichick's always been kind of that guy who's promoting from within. And now he's going to take a guy from outside the organization. It just it didn't make any sense to me. You know, similar with Dean Pease. And that didn't really work out that well either. So you know, I thought, you know, what are we doing here? You know, let's let's kind of keep the trend going. You know, you had Matty P, you had uh, Flores this year, and so I thought, let's kind of keep that train rolling, and maybe it would have been Daly, maybe it would have been Boyer. I thought Boyer would have made more sense because he was the defensive backs coach, but, you know, who knows, but, uh, you know, obviously turned out to be a bad decision to hire Shiano. Obviously, they're in the situation they're in right now, so, Um, You know, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they keep Frazier on the staff. I don't know if they're going to keep him on the staff or not. I'm interested to see what that kind of next step is in defensive coordinator again. Right? You know, Flo wasn't really the defensive coordinator last year. You know, quote unquote. But, you know, so there was no defensive coordinator. But he called the plays. So, like, that's what I'm talking about is, you know, even if it's not in title— it's who's going to be that guy that's running the defense. And, uh, you know, right now that's up in the air. And, and And a lot of people are saying, Belichick, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's not great for the team. I don't, you know, I don't love that because now Bill's like focused on the defense. It doesn't have, you know, so we'll see. But um, I don't know. I mean, at this point, what are we going to do? You know, so, and I do love the Mayo signing. Uh, Keith and I didn't chat about that. But the Mayo, uh, bringing Mayo into the fold, I thought was a great idea. He's a guy who was always a leader in the clubhouse, I feel like, um, you know, was a coach on the sideline already, and now he's going to kind of step in as a defensive coach, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's got a ton of respect in that locker room, and so uh, I'm looking forward to that a lot. That's uh, that's going to be a fun one to do. So, anyways, that's what we got. I'm going to get you right into the interview with Keith uh, Spags. We back last week. He just had some stuff going on. Um, we will do offensive tackles next week, so... Um, You know, we've been doing uh, different a different position group every week, and so we're doing offensive tackles next week. So next week we got four of them for you. uh, Next week we may even double up on it, depending on the timing. Uh, It's possible we might do that, but you'll definitely have four offensive tackles next week for sure. Okay. So, and don't forget, I'm going to mention in the the interview with uh, with Keith, but don't forget to vote for Pat's Madness. The finals are open this weekend, so by the time this drops. Uh, you'll know what the final matchup is going to be and you can vote on that uh, and there's a multitude of ways you can vote on it and we're going to kind of release that. Um, you, it's going to be you know, online the same way it was uh inside the article there's going to be a poll you can vote on. There's going to be a Twitter poll there's going to be a poll on Facebook I believe and, uh, and also we're going to get the staff at Pats Pulpit involved as well so to kind of make that final decision as to which one was the best game. So uh, that should be interesting Get involved You know Get out there and vote Have your friends vote Share it on Facebook Share it on Twitter You know Do all those different things And uh, you know Let's really Let's kind of Up the engagement A little bit Because I feel like You know We're going to be looking At two fantastic games And I think uh, You can make a really Strong case for both of them And so uh, You know Let's let's kind of Have some fun with it And uh, you know Kind of And talk about Why we think the, the, the game you pick Is the is the game So um, So yeah It should be a lot of fun but anyways, that should be uh, – thanks for playing along. If you've been playing along, thanks for playing along and filling out your brackets and kind of going from there. It's been uh, it's been pretty cool this year. So I appreciate it. But anyways, let's get into that interview with uh, Rich Keefe. And again, he's from the Dale and Keefe – I mean, you know, he's from the Dale and Keefe show. He's the host of the Hashtag Dork Podcast. If you're not listening to Hashtag Dork, bro, I don't know what you're doing. But if you're not listening, you got to listen to it. But anyways, here we go, Rich Keefe, and uh, I will talk to you guys next week. All right, so we're going to welcome onto the show – Rich Keefe, he is the host, or the co-host, I should say, of the uh, Dale and Keith show from 10 to 2 on WEI, and he's also the co-host of the Hashtag Dork podcast. Uh, Rich, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, great to be here, Pat. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. We uh, You came on my old show, the Weekend Warrior show, and now you're uh, you're on the mm-hmm. Patriot Nation podcast as well, so we appreciate you uh, you coming on
1: a recurring guest it is, exactly
0: to absolutely my probably my favorite recurring guest i would say good I had to pick. Oh,
1: that's, very, that's very kind <laughs>
0: um so I, we booked you last week without knowing the whole gronk situation and now here we are gronk has retired uh holy crap w- what what the hell what's going to happen now
1: i know i mean it, it's it's something that we had been talking about really since the previous off season like you go back to the previous the Super Bowl that they lost and Rob Gronkowski's got his press conference and one of the questions is hey we heard you were you know talking about retirement like are you, are you considering that or whatever whatever the phrasing was and right. he said how'd you guys hear about that and so I was like wait a minute so we had something all year and that was him coming off of a all pro year now this year he certainly did not have an all pro year he was very valuable to them obviously but he was this was not his best season And was it November and December? He looked miserable. Like, he just looked miserable. He sounded miserable, wasn't scoring touchdowns, wasn't getting targeted in the red zone. And so it was probably midway through the season, or maybe even earlier, I remember saying, like, this is it for him. This is going to be the last season of Bronx, so everybody should enjoy it. And as the playoffs went on, you know, he only had one catch in the game against the Chargers, but then he was much, he had a much bigger impact in the final two games. And he's making all those videos with Brady, and Brady's trying to convince him to come back and everything. Right. And then the the debate really started up. And I was still pretty adamant that I think he's done. Like, I don't think he's going to play anymore. But then each day that passed, it was like close to, you know, two months since the Super Bowl. And I'm like, man, if he keeps waiting around, like maybe, maybe there's a chance he comes back. But I just didn't see it. And then so here's the, they, he makes his decision. And now you look at the Patriots' offensive depth chart, and you're like, how the hell are they going to pull this thing off?
0: I mean, they have two receivers, and one of them is a running back. So, like, I I
1: don't know what the the hell
0: they're going to do. I mean, clearly they're not done, right? Bill Belichick said, you know, it's March, right? Which is true. And they got a lot of moves they're going to make and stuff. But you wonder, like, things like Jared Cook, right? Cook didn't come to New England, and probably part of the reason was because he didn't want to play second fiddle to Gronk. Well, now Gronk's not here, so – you know, would Cook have chosen to come to New England knowing that Gronk wasn't here? Um, you know, so it's things like that where you kind of wonder what they're going to do. How the hell they are going to replace him? And, and this draft is loaded at tight end.
1: But even yeah, they are. Get, yeah,
0: You know, I mean, even one of those guys, even one of the Iowa guys, like how big of an impact can a rookie tight end really make? I mean, I know Gronk had 10 touchdowns his rookie year, but I mean, we're talking about yeah, Gronk, Gronk, right? So it's right, like, you know.
1: Exactly. That's why, you know, I think we're better off kind of freaking out after the draft because obviously draft day was back in 07 was when they got Randy Moss as well. So like they, right. they can make major trades at the draft. They can, I don't trust them to draft a receiver, but as you said, the tight end class is so good. And if they grab one of those guys at 32, you feel a little bit better about it. Like they're not relying on Matt LaCosse or Steven Anderson or Ryan Izzo <laughs> or, you know, I or I mean I actually like Jacob Hollister, but the poor guy's never healthy. No. So they need to do they need to do something there. Then the receivers, everybody's like, well, you got Edelman, which is true, but he's going to be thirty three. The guy has been hit a ton; like he has gone through a lot in his career. So I don't even know necessarily what to expect out of him. Dorsett right. so is fine, and then no real other great shakes that at, or really an at, at proven NFL receiver. So. They always find a way to win, but this is one where you're like, Ugh. in years past, when the receiving core has been bad, you still had the best tight end in the league. And so now the right. receiving core is bad, and you don't have any tight end.
0: Exactly. No, and that's I agree 100. percent I mean that's that's, that's going to be the challenge, right? And you mentioned yeah. the wide the wide receivers. I feel like that's an overrated stat. That's one of those where they like, oh, Patriots suck at drafting wide receivers. And I mean, look, they haven't hit on a lot of them but you look at where they've taken guys the highest guy they took was Aaron Dobson and clearly he sucked i mean what are you going to do him and Josh Boyce sucked they couldn't yeah. Boyce couldn't catch the ball to save his life right but both of those guys looked like looked like they were legitimate guys coming out of school but if you look at Malcolm Mitchell and look i i'm reluctant to say Brandon Tate but the guy's still in the league they drafted him in the 3rd round wow you yeah. know and they drafted Edelman in the 7th and so you know so you start you and Go back to Edelman in 2009, that was. So you go back to Edelman, and since then, they've drafted a handful of guys. Taylor Price in the third round, Dobson in the second, Boyce in the fourth, Mitchell in the fourth round, and they hit on Mitchell. I know Mitchell only lasted a year, but they don't Mm -hmm. win 51 without Mitchell. Like, that's a hit as far as I'm concerned.
1: Mitchell was good for him, but, but, I mean, for a guy not even to make it through his rookie contract. No, I know. I I mean, right, I I agree with you. I think for where they got him, like he he obviously was helpful and you can't take that away from him. But I mean if you just go back a few years earlier, I mean they traded up to get Chad Jackson and he was the thirty oh, sixth overall pick in 06, And he was an absolute bust. And even earlier than that, you know, guys like Bethel Johnson was a second round pick. Uh
0: right. both
1: of those guys were drafted ahead of like where uh, higher than Aaron Dobson. Uh the biggest hit they had was probably Dion Branch though, as far as a true receiver. Like I still feel yes. like Edelman was let's bring him in here, let's see what he can do. Like, they didn't know he was going to be this good. Well, if course, they did, they, right. they would have taken him in the seventh. But you're right, they, they've they never, ever taken one in the first round. So right away, you're going to have – the percentage of you hitting on it is going to go down. Right. But what what bothers me about their receiver drafts is the years in which they have tried to identify somebody in the second or the third round. Like, the very next pick was a good player. Right? Like they yeah. passed up on Greg Jennings and Keenan Allen and Kenny Stills. And uh, you can go down the list. It's like, oh my God, like the very next guy. Like you could have just, like and I'm sure they were on their board and they're like, all right, we have these three receivers. Let's pick one. And they pick the wrong guy every right. single time. It feels like.
0: That's true. No, that's a good point. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, the, the Jennings one's hilarious because they traded yeah. up with the Packers. They drafted Jackson in the Packers spot and they drafted Jennings in the Patriot spot. It's like,
1: what the hell, you know? Unreal. So I mean that
0: one's almost too crazy, you know? So mm-hmm. um just going back to Gronk, now I feel like he's the most complete skill player in NFL history. And so when I when I say complete, I mean the guy could do it all. Blocked like a lineman, caught like a receiver, completely dominant. I mean, there was no you couldn't, you can't single cover him. I I don't know if there's a player I would like to single cover less. I think I'd rather if you gave me the choice between single covering him or single covering Randy Moss, I'd probably single cover Randy Moss and just say get the hell back and don't let him beat you deep, and you know, and just roll with it because Gronk could d- destroy you if you if you single covered him. I thought he was, um, like I said, the most complete skill player in NFL history, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: it's, it really is amazing because you can stack him up with the best blocking tight end. And that list is all a bunch of guys that only diehard football fans would know, right? Because they're not right. guys scoring touchdowns. They're not guys with 90 catch seasons, but you could stack them up with like the Kyle Brady's like of the world. But then you can also compare them favorably to Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates and to all of those other tight ends. It really is remarkable. And he also, there were so many moments watching him play where it felt like he was in like a different class. It was like a, like a varsity kid yeah. playing on JV, and you're like, "What is he doing? I'm, like, he shouldn't be playing at this level. Like, this isn't fair. Like, <laughs> real NFL safeties and linebackers trying to cover him, and he was just stronger and faster than all of them. Like, and he had great hands. Like, I feel like his hands were kind of underrated because he was just such a brute, oh, yeah. and he could just like knock guys down. But he would just pluck passes out of the sky too, and he made it look so easy. So yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's a tricky like when you're comparing him to other skill guys." It's not everybody is asked to block, but then if you take a player like, um, you know, like some of these two-way running backs, like Marsha Falk the Damian Tomlinson, who I know famously lost a lot of great games to the Patriots, but like those guys who can catch and run and like do things right. like not a lot of other guys can do that. But as far as Gronk being like a unique type of tight end, well, we probably won't see that guy again. I definitely agree with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think to me, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the greatest tight end in the history of the NFL. And, and, you know, people go back and forth about it and they say, well, he only had, I mean, I saw, who the hell was it? The Pat's Maven, I think, was like, he had three good seasons. I was like, what? Like three exceptional seasons. I was like, what are you talking about? But I, you know, even if people say he didn't have enough time, because he did, he only played nine seasons. He was the number one rated tight end, according to Pro Football Focus, seven out of those nine seasons. But, Regardless, even if you say, "Okay, he only played nine seasons, you know he's not he's not good enough or whatever I present to you perhaps maybe the most convincing argument for it Muhammad Ali versus George Foreman okay mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali was fifty six and five George Foreman was seventy six and five he had twenty more wins than Muhammad Ali they both won gold medals they were both champions in their weight class, and yet does any is anybody ever going to make the argument that George Foreman could hold Muhammad Ali's strap. there's no yeah, chance. Right. I mean, so it's like, so yeah, Foreman had a longer career. He had more wins. They had about the same accolades. But it's not even close. And Gronk's the same way. I mean, you can't tell me that Antonio Gates is as good as Rob Gronkowski. It's embarrassing no, you can't.
1: It's just as crazy it's to think that. Anyway, I think what's also got kind of lost in it is because Gonzalez and Gates have played so long, People look at Gronk like he hasn't had a long. He's played nine seasons in the NFL. Like right. nine seasons yeah. is a good run. Like Terrell Davis got into the Hall of Fame on three good seasons in what five total or like whatever it was. And know, he, he had I think Warner. he had six
0: six total years, but two of them were like he had he had less than a hundred carries in two of those seasons.
1: Yeah, right. Because the injury stuff. So like he was he, like nine seasons is way more than the average NFL career. He right. was a four-time, he was four times All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler. He was on three Super Bowl teams. He's got a ton of tight end records. No, like right. I, like, as soon like the people who start getting into like the the counting stats for like guys like Jason Witten and Gates and Gonzalez. And those guys are all great. Don't get me wrong. But the first thing I think of is like Greg Biggio. and I'm like, great, yeah, he played a long time, which is important. Like, I get it, but right. I would rather take the the top end, like the MVP caliber, the all pro guy, I'd rather take that guy than a guy that just is like steady for 15 years. Like, that's nice and all, but that's not what I would look at as as somebody who's the best of all time. Right,
0: right. No, I agree 100%. It's a good point. I like that. I like the Craig Biggio one. That's a that's a good comparison as well. Hmm. So... Uh, it on Gronk? I mean, the, the crazy thing about Gronk, and I think, you know, when you talk about how important he is to what the Patriots do, you know he's clearly number one on the list from touchdowns from Tom Brady, obviously. Right. I think the number is what, what is it was, 79. I think it is.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: second, second on that list is Randy Moss. He's it's second crazy. on the list. Yeah. And so the, and and it was like 34. <laughs> so it's like, it's not even, there's nobody else even in that same realm. And right. so it's like, yeah, you talk about Edelman, but Edelman doesn't catch a lot of touchdown passes. Welker didn't catch it on touchdown. So it was like, it's just it, – he just – above that's ever played with Brady. And so now you, you kind of wonder, like, how the hell do they replace him? Not only, obviously, in the receptions, but then in the red zone with touchdowns and everything else. And so it's going to be – it's going to be – you're still going to be good because they're the Patriots, right? I mean, I mean like, they're not – no one thinks it felt, it's going to kill them, right. you know?
1: No, it doesn't, which is crazy because I think over the course of the last 19 years, you can make a great case that Gronk is the second-best player of these two decades with, with the Patriots. And yeah. no like because they still have Brady and Belichick, the division is an absolute given. Like, they're going to win the AFC. And then you sort yes. of look around the rest of the conference and you say, well, the Steelers are going through their issues with Antonio Brown gone, Le'Veon Bell gone, Kansas City Chiefs. And they just were waiting for Tyreek Hill to be suspended. And then yeah. Cleveland, I like Cleveland's roster, but let's see if, what they can do. They got a rookie head coach. Like let's let's see how that plays out. Houston to me is never really a serious threat. The Chargers are we're, were solid, but this it kind of brings the Patriots back into the field a little bit. But they're still probably the odds-on favorite to win it, which is insane. Like that's just that's right. just how good that they have been, and Brady can always make up for you know not to say that he's never had talent because he has he's had a lot of talent on offense with him but there's also been plenty of years where he's had to make up for not having as much as other quarterbacks in the league
0: absolutely yep absolutely so it's interesting you know you lose a guy who's who's that good and you're like yeah he'll be fine they'll be fine but they are it's they just a, it's they nuts. just keep yeah. doing it it's, it's ridiculous mm-hmm. so Crazy. all right so let's move on it is march And so that obviously means March Madness is going on. And uh, anyone that's listening probably knows that we've been doing Pat's Madness over at Pat's Bulbit. Uh, We are into the Final Four. And as a matter of fact, if you're listening to this on Friday, um, we've probably already announced the the championship round. But a little peek behind the curtain here, we're recording on Wednesday night. So we're going to talk about the Final Four right now uh, of Pat's Madness. And that is Super Bowl 51 against Super Bowl 49. And Super Bowl thirty six against Super Bowl fifty three. Now the elite eight matchup of fifty three and thirty eight came down to two votes. It was literally oh. decided by two votes. Super Bowl fifty three edging out thirty eight by two votes. It was I think it was uh, around six hundred votes or so, and it was literally decided by two votes. Uh, so about as close as you can get there. Um, who were you picking in those two matchups and uh, and why? I guess would be
1: so. So, in uh, 36 versus 53, I will 100% take 36. 36 is probably yeah. my favorite game of all time. And everything about it is great. I mean, it's the first one, so that's always going to have a special spot in everybody's heart. Ty Law is my favorite Patriot of all time, and he was huge in that game. You know, it's it one was. of those, like, a lot, a lot of them on this list as Patriots fans, like, They are remember where you were games and like you remember who you're watching with games, but this one stands out above all of them for me. So yeah, I I will take that to win this round and the next round. I my we're uh, about
0: we're about the same age, right? We're about the same age, and I was a senior in high school when that happened, and it was just it it was. I mean, I hear Gil do that call, and I get chills. And it's it's insane still to this day.
1: Like that whole run. I mean, my final four could have been Tuck Rule AFC Championship Game, <laughs> Ram Super Bowl. Like that literally could have been three of my final four. Like I love that team, I love that season, I love those games. Every, every that was just incredible. Um, everything my, about it. Everything. About my it, not you know? my not so hot take. Super Bowl fifty three. Not that great of a game. Yeah. You know, I just like I I'm a I love points, and I I know that Patriots. Oh, one team. It's not like they lit up the scoreboard necessarily, but they, again, they just have a special place in my heart. But I love right. points, and that game was just you know, It was close. It was it was very competitive. You're kind of you know, it was the whole time. I mean, it's the Super Bowl, so you're you're obviously just kind of on the edge of your seat no matter what. But like, uh, I could I could use a little bit more more points there. You know, like so I probably out of all the Super Bowls, which is again a ridiculous. argument to have right like all these other fan bases out there have never like a lot of them haven't been to one and we're like ranking i'm like "Eh, you know i didn't really care for this one but if i had to rank (laughs) the actual games of the six wins i would probably have that one last
0: yeah i see i have 39 last only because i think think 39 is just so forgettable which is crazy because Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. you know back to back three out of four it was like but it was just it was a boring game. It was just one – you're like, okay. Like, the Eagles yeah. puked all over themselves, literally, and, you know, the Patriots do- basically dominated the whole way, and they gave up a late touchdown. But, like, meh. It's like it never really was in doubt. Whereas 53, right. I just felt like I was on the edge of my seat the entire game because I was just sitting there like yeah, someone needs to score. Like, the defense is playing great, but then, you are like if one guy falls down, then the Rams right. take the lead, and now we're losing, you know. And so it's just – um but i can see i can certainly see what you mean i mean certainly wasn't any scoring i was yeah. surprised about 38 and i mean 38 was a one seed and 53 was a two seed you know yeah, for a good sense. reason That's, 38 was yeah. you know was a better was i thought a better game um, yep. but you know 53 ended up ended up winning out so um but yeah. i agree 36 over 53 i, don't, I think is a no brainer and i think right now it's like 85-15 so it's not
1: even close mhm mhm the other matchup so what about the other side that is really Really tough because, yeah, holy smokes! Obviously the comeback is just unbelievable. But I think for the game, like the whole game, I think give me forty nine. I mean, uh, obviously a crazy ending, but just sort of the back and forth. I thought that team was actually a little bit better too. Like I like that. I like that roster, uh, top to bottom. Yeah. So that's super close though. Like that is two different things. Both of them. I guess the one thing would be like if you're if you're gonna rewatch them, you'd rewatch the entire Seahawks game. Whereas the the Falcons game, you would watch like the end <laughs> of the third quarter on. Like I said, you'd probably, right. probably want to skip the first uh, almost three quarters of it.
0: Yeah, no, I I mean I'm with you in there. I I understand that. I actually I think 51 to me I give the 51 the nod over 49 only because it's just so iconic to me. Like the, you know when you say 28 to three, it's just like forever. Mm. Now those three numbers together will forever be, you know, that super bowl. And I think that that's just, you know, and it's, it's similar to the O one, one, you know, and I remember where O one one, they had to have like 47 things happen in order for them to get the first round by. And it was like, you know, David Patton gets knocked out cold in Denver in, in Buffalo, but because his head is out of bounds, his unconscious head is out of bounds and the (laughs) ball's touching his leg, the ball's out of bounds. You know, it's like, it was like yeah. all these things that had to happen in order for them to win. And the same thing happened in 51 where it was like, okay, you know, they have to screw this up. They don't get the onside kick. And then they take the holding penalty and they take a sack. And then you're like, somehow the Patriots are still in the game. And then they miss the extra point And you're like, they're still in it. And it just, you know, it was like all these things kind of culminated in them winning that game. And so to me, I go 51 only because it's just, I think over time, you mm-hmm. you know that one will never be forgotten and and look forty nine won't either I mean in my opinion the Malcolm Butler plays the greatest player in the history of the NFL so like right you know there's right. a lot exactly. and you're right you're probably right that was a better game you know but yeah I don't know there's something about that twenty eight to three it just I just I can't I can't pick against it. Not this round. No,
1: this. I hear you. I mean, and that Julian Edelman catch, and then when the he's looking up at the jumbo screen, and the and the Falcons are like, "You didn't catch it." Yeah, like, yeah I did. And it's just like, <laughs> holy shit. And then the the uh, the Malcolm Butler game though is just, and that play you you watch it again, and really next time you watch it, look at Marshawn Lynch before they run it. The way he's lined up in the backfield, like he's already an intimidating presence. But, like, he had just had the run before, and he's standing there. He's got the tinted shield. He's jacked out of his <laughs> mind. And you're like, if you give this guy the ball, he's going to run it into the fifth row. Like, you just yeah. – how do you not give him the ball? Like, it's just so stupid. But That's crazy. That, that created a good run for Malcolm Butler, and, you know, he became a household name that's after it. that play. Both games are just so good. Like, I bet that's going to come down to, like, a vote between the two. Like that's going to be super close.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't – I wouldn't be surprised if that one ended up super close. Uh, with, so what's interesting about that final drive, and I've, I don't know if I've talked about it here. I certainly talked about it on weekend. Warrior. but that play call itself, I don't blame them for that. Well, first of all, the coaching overall was terrible. They should have never been in that situation. They got the ball before the two-minute warning with all three timeouts. They burned two timeouts on that final drive with the clock stopped. The clock was stopped. Mm. And they taught and they called two timeouts. And so you're in that situation where you have you have one timeout left. If they get stopped on that running play, you have to call a timeout. And now you have to throw the ball because if you get stopped again, the game's over and you don't win. Right. You know, you lose the game. And so, you know, I I guess I can see where they were going with it. If it's me personally, if I'm Pete Carroll, you just called timeout after the curse catch, which is ridiculous. But
1: yeah call right. Two oh, hard. they they miss Call two plays in You know, make Belichick call a, a yeah,
0: timeout.
1: Right. Up. Exactly. I just there's no excuse. Like you got it. You, unbelievable play by Butler. Great coaching. Great execution. The whole thing was perfect on their end. But to not yeah. just hand the ball to one of the best backs in the league is just it to me an Yeah, I agree.
0: And and I'll tell you what. People talk a lot about Tommy Romo and how he predicted everything and everything. go back and watch that final drive and Chris Collinsworth. Is talking about Malcolm Butler, this rook, undrafted rookie from West Alabama, and mm. oh my god, he's in this situation, and holy crap, look at this! And then Curse makes that ridiculous catch, and they're looking yeah. at the replay, like, did he really catch that? And they're like, oh my god, oh, that
1: was nuts, yeah.
0: And then Collinsworth says they like they break it down. I'm getting chills even thinking about it. They break it down. They they look at the whole thing, and Collinsworth goes. But they're not in yet. And I'm like, dude, like,
1: uh, talk uh, about, right. like, prophecy, yeah.
0: you know? Because he said, right. he's like, they have to still have to score a touchdown, you know? And right. so uh, that's one of those moments. That I'll never forget him saying that because I was like, he said it. And when it, I remember when he said it, I'm like, shut up, dude. Like, they going to score, right. you know? And right. he turned out, you know, turned out to be correct, obviously. So it was, uh, oh, it was remember, interesting. Oh, I
1: remember, I remember, like, throwing a fit. I remember, like, thankfully I wasn't, like. Nobody was taping me, but that was one of those plays where they get the ball. Down, like I, I, literally fell out of my seat like a child, and I was just like, I was, I was a mess. And then you get up, and it's just, like you couldn't believe it. Like you couldn't, you didn't even fathom like that was a possibility. And then the right. thing that gets kind of lost in the shuffle is Michael Bennett jumps offside, and if he does not yep. who knows? Like they got to do something there, and they're backed up against the goal line, and he just made it easy for him.
0: Yeah, that was wild. That was crazy. That whole thing was nuts, you know. And and I didn't. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but like when I watched the play, first of all, before they snapped the ball on that last play, I'm just I'm like literally praying, just throw the ball because that's the only chance we have to win. Yeah, right. I'm just like throw the ball, please throw the ball, you know. And then they throw right, it, right? And Butler picks it off. But but if you remember, Lockett's arm went goes flying in the air, and no, Lockett – uh, um, what the hell's his name? Dude, eighty nine, eighty. Uh, I can't think. Of oh, his name. Doug, Doug Baldwin. Know. No, no, no. It was the, the receiver on the um,
1: – Oh, know, was it, uh, it Purse Baldwin locket?
0: No. It, like it might have been locket. But they have another locket. It wasn't that oh, locket. I think it was, was, was locket. R-
1: Ricardo locket, right?
0: Ricardo locket.
1: That's why. Right, I was yeah, like, they was have Tyler a locket
0: Lockett now, Lockett. but it's like not the same guy. Right.
1: So yeah, anyways, yeah, his was arm was flying
0: in the air. <laughs> yeah. Right. So his arm was flying in the air, and I thought it was the ball. So I'm like, the the ball in the air, you know, not knowing that he picked it off. And I turn, and my two buddies are jumping on each other on the couch, and I'm like, what what the hell just happened? You know, I didn't even know he picked it off until he was Mm -hmm. on the ground. I was just like, oh, my God, what what a moment that was. And that's why, like, I can totally see picking 49 because 51 was unbelievable. But once they came back, it was like they scored, and you're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. But when Butler picked that pass off, I was, like, running laps in my buddy's house, like, screaming. It was just, like, no, it, was, it was insane. It was it nuts. Yeah.
1: They were both improbable for different reasons. You know, I mean, obviously, this game right. had one play. That came down to a series of plays in an entire quarter. But it's also going to get kind of lost. everything like, oh, the Malcolm Butler play, that you know, 28-3. to But the reality is they were down, what, 24-14 going into the fourth quarter against the best defense in the NFL and scored 14 points and didn't allow any. You know, like, that fourth quarter prior to the Falcons game would have been one that we look back on and be like, could you imagine against Sherman and all those guys that they were going to be able to score that many points? Like, no way. Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Bobby Wagner, like, Cliff Averill, like, Bennett. They were loaded. And they were able to, you know, put up 14 on them in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, I mean, 100%. And, 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 you know, it's, it's the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Obviously, the Patriots broke it two years later, but it was the greatest right. comeback in Super I mean, yeah, like, exactly,
1: exactly. You know, and
0: so, and against, like you said, the best defense maybe ever. I mean, if they had won that Super Bowl and the Patriots hadn't scored again and they had won twenty four fourteen 14 or whatever, they'd be considered the greatest defense of all time, probably, or at least close yeah. to it. They shut down Manning the year before and then Brady the next year in the Super Bowl. I mean, right. like, I don't know what more you'd need to do. You know, and so Oh
1: I mean you um, think about the le- you think about the legacies for all those guys. I mean Russell Wilson has two Super Bowls, Pete Carroll now has two Super Bowls and mm-hmm. you know they'd still be going and who knows if that defense stays together a little bit longer or whatever. But yeah, I mean that that really that knocked them off and again it's a great example of like how impossible this Patriots run is or how improbable or whatever you want to say because the Seahawks look like they were set up for a while. Wilson's yeah. young, Marshawn, Mar- Marshawn Lynch was young, the defense you know, like a nice mixed bag of like young guys and veterans and a couple of years later, you're like, okay, like they might not even be a, a sure thing playoff team anymore. It's like it's it's wild.
0: Yeah. That's it's it's wild. It is. I mean there's no that's the best word for it. It really is. It's just one of those and even when the Patriots lose the Super Bowl, they're back in it. They just they keep fighting right. and they're back in it. I mean they lose the Super Bowl last year and they win it this year. It's just like it's yeah. ridiculous. So no. it's been uh it's been great and we'll see if, you know, because, like you said, I mean, you know, Gronk it might be the best tight end. Is the best tight end in NFL history. Patriots lose him, and mm-hmm. you're like,
1: yeah, they'll be fine. <laughs> like,
0: I know. Just, I don't you know? think about it, like
1: if, if if you were to say like they're screwed, people would look at you like, well, why? <laughs> you know? right? As good as he is, like the the hot take would actually be, oh, they're in trouble now. Like that's just how right. much of a wagon they've been for 20 years, and. Again, Brady and Belichick. Brady and Belichick. Like those guys were good before Gronk. And the other part of the other part too with Gronk is he did miss a bunch of games while he was here. So it's not like you take a guy who's out there every single Sunday with you and you never play. Bl- right. Like we're talking about that Falcons Super Bowl. He wasn't in the game and they still won. Yeah. You know, which is which right. is also nuts. But it's not like you're losing Brady or Belichick at that point. Yeah, you're screwed. You're done. Like you know whatever you can get. If you have one of them, like maybe you have a puncher's chance, but if you don't have either one, it's going to be a, a long time coming until they're good again.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the other thing I think that, that, you know, sparked in a lot of people, you know, when, when Gronk retired and everyone realized, you know, how much we all loved Gronk and are going to miss Gronk and everything else. And then you started thinking like, oh my God, like, what's it going to be like when Brady retires? Like, it's going to be awful. Oh, like people, God, the it, whole like, so the bad. state's going to shut down. It's going to be awful. Yeah. You know, I was, I was like, terrible. just cancel, cancel the NFL at that point. Just cancel it. Like, just just be
1: done. Like, that's it.
0: Just the NFL well, folds because I mean, how am I going to deal with that?
1: Well, they were like, and then selfishly for all of us that have, you know, podcasts, radio shows, websites, you're going to be like, wait a minute. I we, I haven't been covering a bad team <laughs> ever for the Patriots. Like, since I've gotten into it, they've been great. And so it's going to be right. a whole different thing. And you, you wonder, you know. There's obviously a ton of football fans around here, but it's a whole lot easier to like them when they're really good. So it's going to be interesting oh, yeah. to see in a few years what happens and what that what that change is like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. But anyways, listen, uh, we're, before I let you go, we're done with the Patriots talk. Listen, uh, make sure you get on Pat's Pulpit. Vote for Pat's Madness. Uh, the finals are this weekend. So make sure you get out there and vote. Uh, probably... Well, I don't know. It's going to be 36. I mean, there's no way 53 is going to be 36, but I don't know yeah, what the heck's sure. going on the other side. So, the other uh, but a 36 is all I need yeah. to know, because that's my number right. one. You know, like you said, yeah. I feel the same way. Like, that's, you know, and kids that are younger, probably will pick 49 or 51, but 36, mm-hmm. you just can't. There's just nothing. Nothing will ever top that, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, uh, but before I let you go, I you, you do host the Hashtag Dork Podcast, so you're talking, you know, lots of... Marvel stuff and Game of Thrones and all sorts of different things and uh so if you're not anyone out there's not listening to that make sure you listen to that him and Ryan Davey they do a great job uh it's really it's it's really an awesome show so um you know I'm a, I'm a big fan of of you guys of you guys and I'm also a fan of the of the entire Triforce as well um but I had a I had a, just a question for you tonight actually right. Wednesday night is the uh, is the Powerball drawing so my question Ooh. to you is Let's say I were to win the Powerball. Let's just say I were to win the Powerball. And I said to you, all right, Keith, I'm going to offer you a sum of money to walk away from Game of Thrones and the MCU forever. So you can keep all the money, but you have to walk away from Game of Thrones and, and, and the MCU and you never find out what happened ever. How much money would it take? Holy smokes.
1: So, I, I can't know what happens in Endgame, and I can't watch or hear the results of all of Season 8 of Game of Thrones?
0: Correct. Yes.
1: Now, have I... You can't wipe my memory, so I've seen all of the game. No, I've, of course. I've seen seven yes. seasons, and I've enjoyed 21 Marvel movies. Correct. How much money would it take? Uh... I think it would I think it would honestly take like $100 million. <laughs> you can call I mean, it aesthetic all you want, but I take so no, much enjoyment but... of this stuff. And you know what they say, Pat, more money, more problems. So, <laughs> That's very true. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? So I think I would probably, I, I would be, so I have $100 million, and you know I buy a really nice house or whatever and and all this other stuff. But then, Every night, I'm gonna go. How did Endgame Pin? How did that end? How did, what, what happened in throne? Who was on the throne at the end? What the hell's going on there? I think it would be a hundred million and even then, I think I might even have regrets. I think I might. Even, yeah. What, what am I doing? Well, I don't need all this money. I, I, I'm I'm doing okay. I don't. I, I'm fine. What, what? How much would you need?
0: Oh God, I I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. I honestly. I mean, you could yeah. offer me three hundred million dollars, right? And I mean, I'd be set for life. And it'd I be know, amazing, but- and I'd be able to take care of the family and everything else. But then it's like, I get so so much joy from watching Game of Thrones and and, right. and the MCU, and and I'm so invested at this point. Yeah, it's like oh, okay, yeah. great. Like, you know, I can. That's awesome. I I'll have a ton of money, and I'll never have to worry about money ever again. But I can never watch another MCU movie ever. I can never know what happened at the end, where I've invested 21, you know, what's that, oh 42 God, hours man. of my life into it. Like, it's just you know, so that's really, I'm like, I don't know if I could even, I mean, I guess you take the money and you say, okay, I'm going to move to like mm-hmm. some, uh, some Island that no one's ever heard of and just, just <laughs> disassociate with everything, right. All worldly possessions and everything else, I guess. Like, right. But, but I mean, how could you even go through life without it? I just, I, I don't no, know. I, I, just, I think,
1: I think you've described hell is what you've done. <laughs> I think it's not knowing what happens. I mean, I just, Cause I was going back and forth between, and and you were asking me earlier, like, but before we started recording, you were asking me, like, if you could only watch one Endgame or season eight of Game of Thrones, and even that, I go back and forth on. Like, I think the answer for me would be Endgame, but even then, I'd be, you'd be like, you you know, you're missing out on something that could be great. Oh, yeah. So to, yeah. to to punt on both of them for just some cash, please, you can't buy me. I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather watch both those things. <laughs>
0: Well, that's the. I mean, that's the craziest part of it. It sounds insane. Like if I were if if I were to take my wife down here and be like, "Hey, listen, uh, so I'm going to pass up three hundred yeah. million dollars." Like, and watch the end of game, you know, she'd kill me. Like I'd be dead. So I wouldn't be able to watch <laughs> it anyways.
1: I guess. But, oh but my wife. Like, if I asked that same question, to my wife, she'd go. I'd do that for a nice coffee, and I'd be like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Although no, she she does like Thrones though. So actually, that might be tough for her Thrones MCU. She could really take her leave. So she wouldn't really care. She'd think. Of, yeah, she probably divorced me if she found out there was $100 million <laughs> on the table and I walked away. They're like, no thanks.
0: <laughs> but I mean it's – true, and, and and you're right about the, the whole choice thing, right? It, it's not necessarily – it's one thing if you were to give me $100 million and then I just like voluntarily was like, man, nah, I don't feel like watching Game of Thrones anymore. But mm-hmm. like to know that that was the caveat, like – and then you start to like hate yourself and you start to hate the money because you're like, oh, God, like why did I do that, you know? And like right. – and, uh, I mean, you know, it's almost like maybe it's like a Black Mirror thing where, like, anytime anyone talks about it, it goes, like, fuzzy so you can't hear what they're saying. Like, that <laughs> would can, be, I mean. Think about
1: that. Because not only that, it's not it's not as simple as, art. you just can't see the movie or you can't watch the season or both. It would be, I don't know, 90% of the conversations I have with my friends, I wouldn't be able to have. Right. Like, get right. new friends. About. That's what they're talking about. So <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, we can't talk to them about it. I'm like, oh. Yeah.
0: You and Marcus would have to be friends, but no one else. You couldn't be friends with anyone else.
1: Right. We could just just watch, you know, movies that, you know, (laughs) that rated well critically. That's that's what we could do. So, but anyways, I was just like, oh, my God.
0: I I was thinking about that because, you know, everyone bought some Powerball tickets today, I assume. And, uh, oh, yeah, I was like, how much money would that take, man? Oh, my
1: God, a ton. It would take an absolute ton. And you would still, you wouldn't feel great about it. You just wouldn't.
0: No, I agree. I agree you would not. So, well, Rich, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. No I, uh, I appreciate it. Listen, before you leave, just, uh, you know, plug yourself a little bit. Tell everyone where they can, you know, see you, listen to you, hear from you, everything else.
1: Yeah, so for, for sports, you can head up over to uh, WEI, Dale and Keith from uh, 10 to 2, uh, at Keith 21 on Twitter, and then for all of the Game of Thrones and Marvel stuff, it's the hashtag Dorks Podcast, iTunes, and everywhere else that uh, you get your podcast. And on Twitter, separate handle at Dork Podcast. You can hit us up over there.
0: Yes. Yep. Now uh, you guys are good over there, and uh, I have to say, I was, you know, as a teacher, I was supremely disappointed. As I'm sure, I'm sure you were more disappointed, but I was supremely disappointed when you moved from the two to six to the to the ten to two last summer. And yeah. you know, I was a fairly regular caller, and uh, you have a great producer over there, and Jason Rossi, and I. Uh, yes. Yeah you know, chat with him every now and again when I called in and you guys were just, I just enjoyed listening to you guys. And now oh, thanks. I know I can't because I'm in school. <laughs> it sucks yeah, and I I'm know. Like,
1: it's a tough God, time, you know, it is. yeah.
0: but, uh, um,
1: yeah, yeah. no, we, we get that a lot from people and, you know, hopefully, you know, we still get calls from people on their lunch breaks or whatever else, or, you know, right. your schedule changes or you're going late to work or early home or whatever else. But, uh, you know, it could have been worse, you know, 10 to 2. is wow. certainly better. I was doing nights before, so I'm happy to still be on during the day. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, it, we've made that a deal. It's been not a year yet, but it's been uh, six, eight months we've been doing this time slot now. And so I think we're, we're, we're finding our groove. It's going all right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's, and it's still a good show. Every time I get a chance to listen, you know, the summers will come around again and I'll get a chance to listen to to you guys. And, you know, April breaks coming up soon. And so, you know, it's oh, yeah. certainly you know it's 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 still a good show and so it's still uh still a good listen. So I appreciate but it. Anyways, so that's all. But you know, like you said, it's better than the alternative. So it could be it be worse. <laughs> yeah. So all right, thanks, Rich. I appreciate it and uh and we'll uh, maybe we'll talk to you again soon. You are a recurring guest, as you said, so you never know.
1: I absolutely am, Pat. Thanks so much. Uh anytime you need me.